Hello and welcome to episode 168 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. It's a special time of year. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. It's good, it's good to be here on this fine day to, to oh. celebrate one of our favorite moments for this podcast, in fact. Um, we'll keep talking about Three from Hell yeah. right the way through 2019 at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it has to come in freeze, of course. We already discussed the movie uh, pre-release, um, and that was a very hype show. And then, of course, we had the lovely chat with Richard Brake. Um, and yeah, now that the movie's out there and, and a lot of you guys have hopefully already seen it, Definitely, if you're listening to the show, go and watch Free From Hell first, um, because as you can tell from the title, we're going to be spoiling the shit out of this movie mm-hmm. uh, and, and diving, diving into all the nitty gritty. And there is a we lot. We can stop kind of jumping around, not not kind of knowing what to say and cut yeah. each other off. We can finally talk about it. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, so, yeah, we're going to get into all that good stuff. Um, we're also going to be talking about Creep Show um yeah. because yeah as of as of as of this week in fact it is sadly over already yeah. in fact um and yeah we've only t- discussed the first three episodes so we're gonna be discussing the second half of the season and what we thought of it mm-hmm. um and yeah going forward but yeah start with the news obviously first um i've only really got one news story this week and there was gonna be nothing and then this little gem dropped earlier today in fact um doesn't involve nightmare on the no, it involves Damn this it. week's movie. Um, <laughs> apparently, the hype train just keeps on rolling. The hype train never ends. But yeah, this was but just I've a got nice a Blu-ray, one. bro. bro. What, what more, exactly. Well, what you, you're sorted, and okay. hopefully, people support the movie and do buy the Blu-ray. Um, but otherwise, it is coming to Shudder, which is awesome to see. Holy um, shit! So yeah, kind of, they've acquired the rights to US and Canada. Um, womp, womp. So no UK on that announcement, which you know. Is to be expected. Um, and yeah, supposedly to premiere in February 2020. It's cool that they've actually given us a release date this That's one. Because awesome. awesome. um, the last few announcements they the have. the hang up is with the UK? Do you think it's just like a load of hoops to jump through, a price? Like. I think with this one, it's we, we kind of got a little bit more of an insight because we're yeah. so involved with this movie and we obviously know that Lionsgate have the UK distribution yeah. rights. Um, and yeah, I just think that. They have the UK distribution rights, you know, yeah, so it is cool. on like Amazon Prime. I guess Prime, because, because my, um, like my Blu-ray, which to be fair was a great price, um, came with a digital version. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, like Blu-ray I said, it's already it's already awesome on. Price. You can you can so. buy it on YouTube, I think, for three pound fifty, and it's on Amazon and stuff. So like, yeah. it's out there already on digital platforms in the UK. Um, but it's always a wonderful addition to to come to a, a place like Shudder. Mm. Um, and yeah, it just makes it an even greater service and kind of a, a small plug for them, guys. They may as well have it while they're here in the news. Um, this isn't a paid-for advertisement, sadly. Um, <laughs> but they are doing a great sale at the minute. Did you see this one? We'll, we'll do those, off. Though, guys, Yeah, we will. Just last night. <laughs> <laughs> um, we will shill. We will shill. Um, but 31% off for an annual subscription currently. Uh, oh, really? Halloween. So yeah, well, when you're listening to this, I think you might only have one day to get on that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, get on it. But That's that is a tasty. fantastic deal. Yeah, yeah, so apparently the best deal they've ever done. And yeah, as we've been discussed in the coming weeks, I think now is yeah. a really good time to to get the service. Yeah, it's tempting. Mm, um, just to just get the annual sub. Exactly. I think it's something like two pound fifty or something a month. It works out like it's pretty really, mad. really good. It's pretty mad. Yeah. Um, it's a shame yeah. I just had about fifty Arrow releases arrive on my doorstep today. Yeah, I was going to say we'll we'll get to that at the end because we have some arrow related goodness in the feedback this week. Um, nice. Oh yeah, yeah. we do. There's a uh, yeah arrow are doing the usual arrow. They're just arrow killing fire. Um, but yeah, should we get into this week's very spoilery conversation? Let's do it. 
let's talk free from hell. So, obviously, final warning at this point, in case it hasn't been perfectly clear. Um, we are going to spoil the hell out of this wonderful movie. Um, so if you haven't already seen House of a Thousand Corpses, The Devil's Rejects, and Free From Hell, stop listening to this goddamn podcast right now. Yeah, and maybe most of Rob Zombie's back catalogue. But... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, maybe 31 <laughs> as well. I was probably going to get a, a mention. Yeah, it's, made, it's, it's all about Three From Hell right now. And, exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm so excited to, to talk about it. I don't know where to begin. I guess mm. we should just begin at the beginning, what the hell this movie is about. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you should know at this point, but um, this is the direct sequel from Devil's Rejects, the movie that we never thought we were going to get. Um, <laughs> Was it like 15 to, years after the fact? Yeah, absolute madness. Um, and we finally find out that Baby Otis and Spalding um, miraculously survived the shootout. Mm. Um the uh, the big question on all of our lips was kind of how and <laughs> what what way are they going to do this? You know, we spoke heavily about Doctor Satan and kind of will he rep- reprise his role? Will he bring them back? Will it be more supernatural? Um, I ultimately I'm glad that Rob took the the route he took. He just took the very grounded route, the very simple approach that they got absolutely fucked, but one in a million chances they survived and mm. uh, you know it kind of it elevates them to this superhuman kind of michael myers-ish status but not overtly throwing it in your face like these people clearly are not normal yeah um but it's not you know none of this movie then goes into any of that or you know it doesn't because if, if dr satan had got involved and that sort of thing like what would they have been and like we were excited to see something like that because obviously we love Dr. Satan as an idea, but, um, you know, Rob kept it much more grounded, which is what this franchise is all about, really. Just these kind of fucked up people doing fucked up shit. Yeah, it's such a nice throwback, really, to that mm. era of movie of the of the sequels of these kind of horror mm. icons. And that would happen all the time, that they would come up with this insane way of killing off yeah. a horror at the end of the movie. And in the next one, they would just be like, within five minutes... <laughs> Dog, it didn't dog make just it. pisses on the grave and Freddy's Exactly. Back, the lightning strikes and it, it just doesn't matter at that point. And so I love that because, yeah, other people would, that would be the hung up of the entire movie. You know, they'd be like, right, right let's try and over explain it. And I agree with you, <sighs> like the whole Dr. Satan stuff. Obviously, he moved away from that dramatically with, with The Devil's mm. Rejects, um, which was obviously way more of a grounded movie than House of a Thousand Corpses. And I think that was wise to continue that trend. Like, I mm. think it would have been a bit difficult to be like this is the sequel yes. to devils but when i bring in this major part of house that we didn't ever to, really reference in the last to be honest with you the the you know having watched all three movies recently um that kind of last 10 15 minutes of house of a thousand corpses is probably my least favorite part of the trilogy mm. because it's just it feels so out of place and i don't really understand what's going on and like um you know, the rest of it is so grounded and I understand the rules of the world I'm in. Um, mm. And, you know, it's a fucked up world. Like, I mean, it's still a fantastic movie. It just it's so crazy, that bit. And, like, I'm glad that we don't, you know, delve back into that, like you say. Yeah, um, I love that that exists in his first movie. It, it, it oh, very yeah, much just, feels like he that, was that just experimenting. a music video. Like, it's, it's, just, it's just nuts and it's just all over, you know, not all over the place, but, you know, it's just kind of throw so many different things in there and you know most of it stuck 
It's yeah, he cool. said he said now that like he couldn't make that movie now because no. obviously like the stuff that he knows now just wouldn't work with that movie. Obviously, like it has a really gritty style to it. Like he doesn't really know what he's doing because he genuinely didn't, and he was learning how to make movies at the time. And so that's what mm. works so well about that movie, and what's really awesome actually looking back on that to be like, wow, that really was a time and a place in his career that he would never be able to recreate that anymore, which is really awesome to see. Yeah, definitely, I think so. Um... But yeah, kind of this, um, yeah, the, this this movie kind of picks up from there straight away. Really, we when we put this when we put this Blu-ray on, because I mean, we were when we had our conversation about this movie, we were very careful not to spoil <laughs> almost the opening frames of it. And mm. like the excitement we had, sat there putting the Blu-ray in and kind of or the DVD in, and being like, what the opening frames of this movie going to be what are we going to get and like it pr- it pretty much starts with this movie has probably my like one of my favorite openings of a movie that we've seen in recent history since 31 probably yeah like 31 is one of the all-time great horror movie openings i feel and like but this is just so special and just to have this kind of it picks up straight after devil's rejects and then we jump into this fantastic kind of documentary style um you know um video montage telling us all about how yes they were shot to pieces but they survived here's the court case here's the trial we get these great little kind of clips of kind of all three of them mostly baby and otis obviously which we'll come on to and kind of um and then kind of ultimately skipping that and joining the much older, you know, clearly, the, you know, everyone's aged quite a bit because they've been in prison for an amount of time. And it's straight mm-hmm. away then, you know, I'm not trying to pretend that these people are the same age they were 12 years ago. We've had the time jump and boom, we're into this movie. And like, it just punches you in the face when like, we thought that that would be the first half an hour of this movie. And, like, within the first 10 minutes, we've just got everything that we thought was going to happen. And suddenly I just looked at you and was like, holy shit, like, what What are we getting for the next hour and a half? Yeah. Or hour and 40? Like, yeah. it really blew me away. And it's a theme going forward. Like, mm. the, the first hour of this movie is, like, it's such a breakneck, breakneck pace. It's just unbelievable. Where you're just like, oh, my God, it's this and this and this. And these are things that, like you say, you're expecting to happen in the final act that yeah. happen in mid, you know, first to mid to second act, which is insane. Um, but like what you said about the opening of this movie, the, the thing that I absolutely loved was that experience of sitting down for the first time and watching it. Like, you just didn't know what the hell was going to be, like, the first yeah. image on the screen. And I was so excited for it. And I think what was so genius about it was when I first watched it and you see the shot of them in the car, obviously it was so iconic from the end of Devil's Rejects and being like, what is this? Have they recreated it? And I was like, I don't really remember this shot. And then obviously one thing that we'll definitely be touching upon over the course of this conversation, as well as on the kind of DVD and Blu-ray, you get the fantastic making of documentary and mm-hmm. the Rob Zombie commentary. Um, and I can't remember where I learned a lot of this different stuff. So it's kind of back and forth across the this, two. This, but, um, I think this was in the, the, uh, the commentary. This right. Part. Um, but yeah, like he, he, he went back and found footage that he shot yeah. for devil's rejects for the finale that he just never used. And, 
that blows my mind because that is such an awesome level of like, how do you open this movie? Like what you just said, people have aged. And so we see yeah. that all the time with stuff where it's like, trying this, to this pick, is like, this is like phantom, phantasm levels of cool. This is. <laughs> i'll take your word for that um but yeah like it's just awesome to see where you're like oh okay like have they recreated it well no because i can yeah. tell this is what it was then and it's like but i know devil's rejects like the back of my hands and i know that shot's not in it, on, it honestly made me doubt myself yeah where i was like this must have been in devil's rejects and i'm just you know I know this movie so well, but it just must be there, and it, I just didn't. You know, I was thinking, did they mirror it or yeah. something? You know, some sort of like tr to try and trick yeah. your mind to make it think that it, you know, slow it down, anything like that. But like, no, it was just it was footage that for some reason he didn't use, and it just mm. created. And this is what I love about Rob as an overall filmmaker is that he he takes these these kind of things in his stride you know stuff like that where mm -hmm. he never could have seen that coming you know, little things like one thing i want to touch upon immediately is obviously otis's hair in this movie is <laughs> again identical to how it was in the previous movie and it's yeah. an incredible wig for people that don't know um bill mosley shaves his head and puts this mm -hmm. wig on and yeah at the time of devil's rejects when they actually had money i think i, I can't remember what the, the quote of i don't know if you remember like how much that wig cost but it was something it's, ridiculous it's like eight thousand dollars Maybe yeah like yeah. something which he would never be able to afford now mm. and but he just kept it <laughs> it's yeah. just been in rob's house for 14 years and kept in, in great condition and now they get to use it and it's that continuity and it's things like that that i think he's yeah. such a low budget filmmaker but he does really small things that just elevates himself which i love so i much. think i think anyone that's listening to this podcast and this spoiler review are deep into this movie and mm. like the the, the the thing that makes this movie, I think, more special than most movies we see is the deep dive that we've gone on it and, like, looking at, the, you know, watching the director's commentary, watching the making of, because you just realise that, like, there were a million things that went wrong with this movie behind yeah. closed doors, you know. Um, obviously, the biggest one was, um, you know, that Spalding was pretty much removed from this movie because of, you know, Sid's health and... Mm. Um, you know, that would have just knocked most filmmakers on their ass and just yeah. said, well, the movie's called Three from Hell and I've lost a third of my movie. Like, mm -hmm. what do I do? And what does he do? He brings the best guy in horror right now to, into the movie that, yeah. that makes it, like, I can't imagine this movie without Richard Brake. And we were so close to not having that. Well, it's um, insane because when he first, like you say, announced this movie to the world yeah. and we got yeah, like... we were I, sat there, like, wh where's where's Richard? <laughs> well, yeah, and the thing is, when, when he got the title and he said all of that, like, this is what the movie that you end up seeing is is not even really close to what he initially yeah. imagined. It's not like small things changed or anything like that yeah. and he kind of always had a hamper. And like, no, Sid was going to be as big a part of this movie as he's ever been. Yeah, before. and Richard was not in it. Foxy no. was not a character that existed. And so, like, when you think yeah. about all the rewrites that this movie had to get to mm. and, and the fact that, yeah, it's like all of these kind of happy coincidences. And it's like he's one of those guys that just he manages to make it turn out. Mm. And it always feels like the end product was how it was always yeah. meant to be. Because when you watch Free From Hell Now, yeah. I can't imagine it any other way. Like, you can't no, imagine it without those choices. You know, jumping to the end, like when when Bill is having the uh, or when um, Otis is having the. Uh, uh, machete fight mm. and they talk about that and how they originally had like you know little knives and that was yeah. shit and then they had these machetes and they brought these props and the second they they clashed they just shattered in the mm. heat <laughs> so they had to use these shitty rubber ones and they showed like b-roll where it just it looked comical and somehow like with the 
you know the he robbers had to had to rely a lot on computer kind of you yeah know, work to tidy this up but to be honest like some of it some of it you can see mm. um but there was so like the machete fight i i didn't see any of that like when we was watching it like a mm. little bit but not the entire goddamn fight and like yeah baby when she's shooting the arrows like pretty much not a single arrow was actually shot like it was yeah so, that blew oh, my mind so many things like that and they did such a good job of making it look good and kind of we you know we've we've talked quite a lot about um cg and that sort of thing putting us off movies and like i say there's there's parts of this movie where it's a little bit like okay like the blood's always a little bit yeah um, same as devils really yeah it's very noticeable you know. um but my god like the computer work that was done on this that that just kind of you know the, the movie what was the shoot of this was it 20 odd days what was the actual yeah i think it was around that, yeah. it was 21 or something days you know yeah like, um you know to get all of that this movie is an hour and 50 isn't it like mm. um you know to get all of that shot and then kind of you know all of these limitations and then get to the end and be like right now we're gonna have to tidy it up we don't have you know uh, our cast is gone like richard was saying like he was on his next project you know yeah. and and so they couldn't get him back like it had to just nail it which they you know cast and you know rob and the crew and everyone just smashed it in that time it was awesome yeah it's a like, great insight when you watch these documentaries yeah. or, the, or the commentary where you get an insight into obviously indie filmmaking and we discuss a lot of different indie movies on the show and some that mm. kind of do show that they're indie and don't have the most money and then ones that really just surprise you and you're like how how did this have the budget of this movie you know and, and i think he's mm. one of those filmmakers where you look at this and you're like man like i don't think he's ever a guy that should have you know a hundred million dollars to make a movie no. or anything silly but like my god he works with so little and does so well and it really blows my mind that he can't get at least a bit more when you look yeah. at the amount of people that can get like a a, a two million dollar budget these days yeah. you know like is rob zombie really well, when, not when you good like enough Blum to get House that? Is giving people five million Mm. like like for most projects and i just think like you know how does the sequel to devil's rejects not get the clap behind it it deserves but yeah. um you know the movie he made though with the limitations he had was absolutely fantastic i think yeah. um you know the first the first 50 minutes or so of this movie are almost perfect in my yeah. mind like for what a sequel to devil's rejects could be um yeah, I wouldn't change anything you know, from all that prison stuff. Is just exactly yeah, what we the wanted. prison stuff with Baby was just perfect. I loved how just completely. I loved the fact that we got this very different dynamic that we had. Obviously, Foxy, which you know, completely new character. Otis mm. is still pretty much Otis in my mind. You know, he's aged and he's he's, but he's always talked that kind of Messiah kind of Manson type. He's talk. just become he's even just, more Manson, yeah, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. So he is just more Otis than he was before. But then Baby is just so different. She's yeah. she's absolutely deranged. She's completely off the rails. It's kind of like because obviously in um, Devil's Rejects, you know, she her her mum she loses her mum, and I think that you know her mum was the one that was keeping her sane and keeping her on the rails. So she was starting to go off on the rails there. But now, kind of years removed, she's completely gone, and I, I think it's brilliant. It's it's probably like it's Sherry's best performance, I think, like across the board. 
One thing that I absolutely adored from her performance and the character in this movie, and it was one thing that just went completely over my head, was was when I was listening to the commentary, him talking about these these small glimpses of like the real baby underneath and how she is putting on this facade a lot of the time. And I really didn't notice that until my second watch, yeah. where in the prison she's kind of doing the over-the-top baby stuff. But then you get these small moments when a scene ends and she's on her own and she just gives this kind of like look on her own where mm. she's like she's suddenly realizing the shit she's in and she's probably not going to be able to talk her way out of this one and she probably is going to get murdered you know like so many of her family members have been at this point yeah and i love that like that like, i agree with you that it's the moments like that where i'm like wow she really added a dynamic to this character where it wasn't just hey remember baby from devils here's mm. her again you know they really actually put a lot of work into making her like an actually dynamic character that has changed from like all three movies now i mean it is a very varied character like she's so young and kind of naive in the first movie yeah and then i agree with you she's like full psychopath in, in devil's rejects um and then you obviously get the moments of that in this as well but those early moments when she's kind of very sheltered and doesn't know that she's going to get you know because what ends up happening how she gets out of the prison she she never could have imagined that that was going to happen no, she, um, she had no fucking clue like she, no. she was just going to get uh, eventually she was going to lose one of those fights yeah you know, like she was I, happy in the moment, you know, when she was getting yeah. one over D Wallace and torturing her and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but and she knew she day, wasn't going to survive. She's going to go down swinging, like yeah. all of the all of the rejects are going to. Like you know, when mm. she was put in the room with those two women, yeah, she she didn't think she was going to get out of it. You know, I don't think she was just like, I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking go down and I'm gonna leave my mark. And if I'm I gonna have fun either way. <laughs> yeah, but I'm gonna go down with a smile on my face and, and you know, being nuts and yeah. Yeah, that's baby and, and I thought it was yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Like yeah. the you know, all of all of that stuff and obviously like Jeff Daniel Phillips kind of being the warden, he was just we, we spoke about it on the show, like how mm. exceptional he was as well and kind of added this kind of you know, dynamic where we weren't just given um, a, another sheriff type character that was like, I'm going to take you down and I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be this tough guy and I'm going to be, you know, rising up against you. He was not that character. He was just this show guy that kind of, you know, was this warden. But when you strip him back and he's kind of there at home with his wife and he's at risk, he, he's he's got nothing, you know, it's, yeah. you know, and it really was a... I, when I when I first saw his character, I thought, oh, no, he's just going to turn out to be like a badass as soon as they get out and suddenly be like, I'm going to hunt you down. But he wasn't yeah. that at all, you know, and I, I, I loved that portrayal way more than what I thought, you know, they were going to give me from the start. Yeah, it was really interesting because I agree with you. I was expecting that as well. And my first time rewatching it, this was one of my major um kind of not a maybe difference of opinion but on a rewatch but the first time watching this i was so disappointed at the halfway mark when there's the big change and they go mm -hmm. to mexico the, the real lack of jeff daniel phillips in the movie and his performance and his character i was so disappointed that we didn't get that in the second half of the yeah. movie um because i loved it so much and i did feel like it left a bit of a void for the second half of the movie um and a real lack of a sort of major antagonist which they obviously mm -hmm. build one up which we'll get to um but I, because I very much expected it to be like a Devil's Rejects, and then on on rewatch, it really didn't bother me at all. It, you kind no. of realise that 
there's two distinct acts that he's showing you here. Mm. And he's also, again, he's not remaking the goddamn same movie again. He's giving yeah. you something different. And, th and at this point, he knows that no one's ever going to root for the other guys or really make it believable. Yeah. Like, you're always going to be on the devil, on the reject side. So I, I love that kind of he's his character yeah. is almost like that red heron that you think he's going to be the big bad guy to take him down. He's defeated very early on. And then what you then get is almost like that celebration of just the, and the focus is firmly on the rejects. Of that I think, I think half. that's, that's what I realized on rewatch that you've got, um, you know, in, in rejects, you've got this antagonist that is been made up and they've also made him up to be almost like a, more of a villain, even though he's a cop, you know, he's mm. like torturing the mother and well, like, he's doing things he should be doing. So therefore you then flip and root for the rejects. And that was such a difficult thing to do. And he pulled it off and I'm sure he could pull it off again if he wanted to, but it'd be the same magic trick. And mm. it was kind of like, right in this movie, we clearly want Otis baby and Foxy to just kick ass, uh, you know, and, and have fun. And like, if they're just torturing innocent people, it becomes a point that you, you can't, you know, you can't root for that. You know, it, it, you know, the things they do to people is horrible. And it comes a point that in, in the movie, if, if it had just tortured people for two hours and then kind of strolled off into the sunset smiling, I don't know how you would have felt, you know, watching that mm. for two hours, but what he did so well with that second act was he basically just gave them faceless video game characters almost where it was like, right, you know, this is a greatest hits. We're going to just give you these bad guys that are just like, they, they're they bad, they suck, they're just mm. these Mexican cartel, and the, re the rejects are going to kick their ass. And like, um, and so then you can just root for them and just be like, hell yeah, because they're not killing these innocent people. They are just killing these faceless masks. And it just means that you get that fun payoff. You don't have to see the rejects kind of fall, and you just get to see ultimately what you kind of wanted at the end of devil's rejects but i don't think he could have handled at the time you know if you just yeah. seen them torture those people in the hotel room the way they did torture a few more and then just drive off you'd have been like christ what have mm. i just watched you know and i think that's what he did so well that kind of in the end it was you know this this more over the top you know kind of it was almost like a video game final boss thing wasn't it if you know what i mean it was yeah. kind of like you know, taking out these guys, get to the big one, take him out. Yay, we won. And I'm like, that's exactly what I wanted from this, you know, because these people are horrible, but we want to root for them because, you know, yeah. we've been following them for 20 years now. Oh, yeah, at this point, they are the full protagonists. And, yeah, it, mm. kind of when you get to that point and they've kind of defeated what you thought was going to be their main adversary of this movie, and then you're two and a half movies in of the trilogy and you've then got to come up with like a new character you know mm. which is like equally as kind of elusive and interesting to the audience and that's almost impossible and so the, like, i, I love still oh yeah well that would have been <laughs> insane but like i love the fact that they tied it into danny treo's character yeah. because obviously we've not talked about it but that opening scene which is obviously when otis breaks out and it's the introduction of foxy i mean there's three big moments there and it's obviously the reintroduction of danny treo's character incredible scene i love mm -hmm. I love this scene so much. And again, it was one of those ones that Danny Trejo, they just happened to get him for like half a day and they managed to shoot this scene. And it turned out so well. The interaction between him and Bill uh, on the back of the car is like, I just wish there was some more of it. Like it's such a small little moment, but it's yeah. genuinely one of my favorite moments of the whole movie. Um, 
And to then get that cut where you immediately know how much of a badass Fox he is because he's let Otis out. And for them to just mercifully kill off that character that I really, you know, was yeah. hyped to see again, Danny Trejo's character, um, was awesome. But then to, to tie that into, again, the finale of the movie did put give me some weight where I was like, oh, okay, this is cool that, like, someone who they've wronged is tracking them down. You know, it isn't just the yeah, police they, officer Yeah, they live again. in a world of consequences still. Yeah. And, but, um. I think as well that like that scene when they kill off Danny Trejo's character is pretty much saying that like this is a greatest hit. Like mm. this is the this is the Devil's Rejects on tour. You know they're gonna they're gonna kill everyone that, that they can that, that screwed them over in the past. They're gonna win. It's gonna be awesome. And it's kind of like his way of almost saying to you, "Don't worry. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fuck with you like I did in Devil's Rejects and just like give you that ending again." Um, mm. And yeah, it, it definitely set things up brilliantly. I think um, kind of the the one thing that that stands out for me in kind of each of the three movies now is you have that one scene where you kind of have um, the music and just some crazy stuff happening and kind of the, the, the finale, kind of Devil's Rejects, obviously it was the standoff when the, the two police officers and the dad kind of comes and they all get taken down and you have the lawn drawn out gunshot. Um, yeah, Devil's no, Rejects. Corpses, yeah. Sorry, sorry. And then in Rejects, you've got the um, hotel scene, obviously yeah. when she kind of like runs with the mask on. Yeah. With this one, obviously it's the um, combination of the warden's character, them all being wiped out and his wife just kind of running for it with baby just probably the best moment of baby in the entire franchise <laughs> when she is just completely off the hinges kind of not only because she she's so excited that she gets to kill someone which is yeah. just just she she just goes full crazy and then the way she's just playing with her like a cat because kind of she she talks about a lot in this movie kind of like the whole cat thing but she really does play with her taught her prey like mm. like a cat in this movie and i think that was such a fantastic kind of you know, little subtle thing that they did with her there. And um, obviously the combination of her killing her and then kind of the granny kind of waving and everything else, like it was absolutely crazy. And just kind of like, I didn't know whether we'd get another montage like that, like we did in the other two, but then like all three of them have these standout kind of, you know, it had a great musical kind of number playing and just mm. such a memorable scene. Yeah, there were some really good songs in this, again, which I was not expecting, again, based mm. upon the budget, where we kind of knew that they could buy a lot of big licensed songs for the for Devil's Rejects, um, mm. which they obviously used for such an amazing effect for the finale. Um, but there were so many great songs throughout this. I was just like, wow, so many that I just didn't even know, where I was like, man, I really want to listen to this outside of the movie. Mm. Um, and that really doesn't happen for horror movies, especially with licensed songs. Um, yeah where I was like, oh, I'd actually genuinely like, oh, it's cool. I've actually learned some bands that I want to listen to now. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, obviously you said as well about how it being this like greatest hits and then kind of just murdering off everyone. Obviously there is a major casualty in this movie um, mm -hmm. and it really does set up the stakes very high early on um, mm -hmm. with just um, killing off Captain Spaulding in the first, what, eight minutes of the movie, something yeah. along those lines, which was incredibly shocking to me you know mm -hmm. even knowing going in that we'd obviously had the um really sad news of, of his passing before we saw the movie mm -hmm. um and even but even knowing like that aside that he was not in the movie that much i really didn't expect him to do that and no, I... i'm so grateful that he did i think it is the absolute best thing he could have done mm -hmm. um 
again i completely agree with what he said and what he said in the commentary was so enlightening where he was like the fans deserve the closure on that character yeah um i couldn't have just showed you spalding and then not have him for the rest of the movie and you either have him locked up or something along those lines like the fans deserve to see that closure and and everyone did you know the actors and and he did and all that stuff and he felt like he needed to end that that character the right way um and that's exactly what they would have done in that situation and so i love that but even before that the fact that you get that one more taste of this one of the greatest portrayals of any character in any horror movie um and even though sid was obviously struggling and it is clear to see in the movie how he's able to immediately snap into this character one last time still blew me away and i i just love that scene so much yeah that that scene is going to be something that i'll take away for a long time to be honest with you because it's Mm. something that it's it's more than the movie, really. It's just, yeah. you know, for him to be able to give us that one last taste of Spalding and for him to kind of, you know, portray that character when he's obviously struggling, you know, y- y- you can see that he's lost a lot of weight and everything else, but he still is terrifying. And, you know, I still wouldn't want to mess with him in that, mm. you know, in that scene. And you've got that one, you know, one final taste. The the I think the writing was perfect. And like you said, I think if it was it was such a shocking moment to get that early on in the movie. Um, and like you said, it raised the stakes. It meant that Otis had to get out of there. Yeah. And and so that kind of it's it's the it's the catalyst for the whole movie kicking off, really. Yeah. Because obviously Baby's in more of a um insanity plea and that sort of thing so i'm not really sure where she stands with kind of death row she's in danger Mm. for other reasons but otis was clearly on death row as well and so kind of foxy basically you know um spalding got you know um executed and he's like right i i you know i've got to pull my finger out here we're gonna have to do something we're gonna have to act and the movie kicks off so it's it's a really good starting point because otherwise it would have been like well why didn't foxy do this a decade ago you know why has he waited this long but it's kind of like this this is the moment that kind of sparks it off and like 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 you said about rob you know when he you know if if we didn't know this it would have been kind of like do we try and get him to pop up at the end do we have him in prison talking some more and like you know he had he had um sit on set for one day and like could he have tried to get more out of him and then mm. would we have got a you know a, a lesser performance because he would have been fatigued and that sort of thing whereas instead we got one final majestic performance that was just you know hearing what rob had to do and sid had to do to get there and and get clearance and actually get him on set and then yeah. to perform like that it's it's one of these things where the planets aligned and i'm so glad they did again like for this one last moment yeah it just shows that they always go the extra mark and it's more than just making a movie for these guys Mm. you know they do it because they love it so much like this is a a real family of these actors together this cast and this crew um and they do it for the love you know they there's this movie's not gonna make loads of money you know it's It's not gonna make anyone rich yeah like if they if if they you know don't lose money that's a win and so yeah they're literally only doing that because they love to do it and they want to make the fans happy and it's one of those moments where it just shows in the screen where you're like man it's it is awesome i completely agree with what you said that they managed to actually get that for Mm. the fans and, and for everyone involved because it was just worth it and it really is like this movie in general feels like that to me where i almost feel like had he not announced it the second he did and all of this stuff like i don't think this movie would ever got made and i don't think obviously the sid stuff aside as well i just don't know if it if 
you could have made this in one year, two years, three years, or even a, a little while ago. It just felt like yeah. the right time in Rob's career as well to make this movie post 31, um, which was very much like, you know, this big renaissance again and kind of, you know, a great a character performance from all of these guys. Again, like Jeff was obviously in the previous movie and Lords of Salem, but to kind of get the introduction of Richard. And then obviously there are other actors in this as well. Um, from 31 which pop up who are great as well yeah um and it really felt like now is the time to kind of like let's reintroduce or let's introduce all of these like new characters into the rob zombie family because ultimately he has this kind of like this movie catalog now and i feel like the halloween movies are the even though they have a lot of the same cast members they're the two that kind of stick out because they're they're always going to be halloween movies first yeah. and foremost yeah but then everything else you know is that rob zombie catalog but it really does fall ultimately under his first two movies you know, it's mm -hmm. always going to come down to the Fireflies at the end of the day. So it's awesome that it's kind of he's bookended that now. And like you have the free movies as a whole, but it kind of really encapsulate Rob's career um, with 31 in there with Lords of Salem as well. Um, and it really makes you wonder, like, what what would he want to do next? Yeah, I know. Um, that's, that's what I think. Like, I wonder what could possibly be next for him. Like, mm, you know, because I have no idea. We talk a lot about, obviously, um, him you know with ip but he's already like existing ip but he's already gone that route with halloween mm. and i just don't think you know i um for, for some weird reason i you know i don't think studios would give him that again potentially mm. which would you know is, is wrong <laughs> but but also yeah. i don't think rob would want to do that again yeah um which is the main thing and um so I don't see that happening. Then, like, obviously he's got, you know, original ideas. He's he's had plenty of them now, but it's just kind of like it. This really did feel like, a, like you said, bookends. Like it'd mm. be it'd be weird. Like, would it be, you know, something? It, it feels like it would have to be a Lords of Salem type thing. That would be something that's just so out of left field. Like when he did that movie, I was mm. not expecting that movie. You know, it's 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 like you say part of his journey as a filmmaker but it's something that was quite different at the time and it was almost like a cleansing of halloween you know yeah. to get that heavy system and i you know if he was to do something like that now like he couldn't just go back to like something like a 31 again not not necessarily a sequel to 31 but like a movie in that time yeah. i think it would be difficult to do yeah it's gonna um, be difficult i really that's the, my one kind of like anxiety about this movie is that it does feel like such a bookend for a great reason but then it's like mm -hmm. from uh, rob as a filmmaker i feel like has so much more to give yeah and again like i'm sure like he's gonna have ideas and like it will come to us you know we'll hear a, a synopsis you know and we'll be like fuck yeah we're down you know yeah, yeah. a few years removed from this or even werewolf here. men of the ss <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah, it writes itself, doesn't it? Um, mm. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm sure there will be, obviously, uh, great moments. But um, yeah, I mean, what else is there to touch upon in this movie? There's so much, one, isn't there? I mean, we've really talked that, about Foxy as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of the things that I thought was awesome was that Dr. Wolfenstein got a little reply. Little yeah, that was cool. Like, yeah. just to see him and kind of get that, like, continuity and feel like we were in that world. Like, it was awesome to see. One thing that I wish they had, again, I guess, budget restraints, and it would have been so difficult. And again, this is, again, from a fan perspective, this is probably, like what i would want but as rob as a filmmaker i'm almost glad that he's way more smarter than us as fans yeah. is that um when, when you get that moment halfway through the movie and they're on the run and you're like where are they gonna go my immediately thought is like they're gonna go back to the original house and yeah, they're gonna no. go, you know they're gonna go back to spalding's place and and kind of you get and then it is gonna be very much like has this yeah hit you over the head nostalgia trip and it's yeah, oh it's that, gonna be that great for the fans. <laughs> exactly because we've yeah. seen all that like what's the point yeah. at the end of the day so yeah it's 
I'm yeah. glad because if you well, that's, like, that's why we're two idiots with a podcast and he's yeah. making these awesome movies. Like exactly, we, we, we can never talk about them, but we can't make the buggers. And like, no, we never would have <laughs> thought like, yeah, go to Mexico. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that would have been my last hope. And I love the way that's set up yeah. in the movie as well, which is such a great small moment where th- this movie's set during Halloween as well, which is like a really small thing that just kind of happens in the background it's never yeah. really like overt um but she kind of when baby meets the guy who's dressed like the mexican for halloween mm-hmm. um which is obviously something would have happened in this time period but not anymore and um yeah that's what gives her the idea she's like let's go to mexico and then they're yeah. crazy enough to just be like all right we'll go to mexico and then you kind of feel like oh okay that's going to be the rest of this movie is them trying mm-hmm. to get to mexico hard cut they're in this the shanty town in mexico yeah. <laughs> like that's and what i loved is, about this movie it just yeah. was shocking all the time well, because when it happened, I was massively disappointed mm. um, because I wanted more of them on the road. Yeah. But, um, you know, like I said, if they'd have been on the road more, they'd have been torturing more innocent people. And we needed to get them away from that and get them into this just, you know, more of a greatest hits montage of them killing these things, you know, because mm. these faceless people, because otherwise it, w- it could have got too much. Um, but, yeah, obviously talking about foxy in in detail a bit more because kind of like he is the he was the unknown quantity in this movie going in Mm. but like he was the big question mark for us kind of the second richard was announced and then as the promotional material came out you know post shoot it was becoming more and more clear that holy shit like he's in every poster like it's the three (laughs) of them like he is the third one in three from hell like holy shit um and then it was kind of like will he be an antagonist towards them or what's going to happen and then obviously that became clearer that no he's standing beside them he's he's a goddamn reject like the rest like the others like he's, yeah um you know and i i love the fact that they didn't kind of like we said in our review it it wasn't this it was just such a natural thing that like of course there's other family members and like he felt like such a genuine um attachment to that family and and to the point that honestly looking back at you know watching devil's rejects again now i'd be like he's got to be there somewhere like mm. or, like, or did someone reference his name <laughs> like is he like is there just like a little placemat for foxy and they're like oh yeah foxy's out hunting or something mm. like <laughs> is that a throwaway comment that's in house and corpses like, i don't think so but <laughs> you know it really wouldn't surprise me and mm. um you know that's that's how seamless his character was i love the kind of the the howl and everything else that kind of richard brought to the character that just made him this kind of you know this he he was he was obviously deranged and a psychopath like the other ones but he you know it's not just um you know it's not a doomhead you know it's it's just completely of the character he's doing these kind of impressions and that sort of thing he's got this charm to him he's kind of talking about how he wants to be the most wanted one and has this kind of rub with Otis for that and they have these kind of you always feel like they're going to just fucking kill each other at any second yeah. don't you you feel like they, they you know they're, they're close and they're bonded but at one minute they, you know there's a point in the movie when um foxy saves Otis and kind of you think Otis is going to say thank you and he puts the gun to foxy's kind of face and you think and foxy thinks he's going to shoot him and he and he shoots kind of the guy behind that wasn't fully dead. But like yeah. that's what they feel like. At any moment they could turn on each other. Yeah. And I, and I like that dynamic as well. 
Yeah, that was awesome. I, one another small thing I liked about his character because again, you know, seeing him as Doomhead and knowing that he can be the big all-powerful villain, um mm. we kind of expected that. But I love that he has these really small character quirks where he's not as confident as the other rejects. Mm. Like he's not got the amount of serial killing behind him that they have. You know, they're two of the most prolific killers in the United States at this point. Mm. Um whereas he's not. He's obviously done some shit. And and they're superstars, you know, yeah. they're, they're they're publicly known and he wants that fandom. Oh, I love that. that so much on the yeah. TV when he's like, why aren't they saying, saying about yeah. me? And, and Otis is like, they don't know who the fuck you are. And he's like, are yeah. you kidding me? Like, everyone knows who Foxy is. And they're like, like come on. No one knows who you are. Like, yeah. I love that little the banter between those two back and forth where Otis it has really assumed that Manson yeah. role oh, oh, and lives in Manson it. Manson and like, yeah. Foxy wants that. And yeah, yeah. I, I love that too. And it was just done so well. Yeah, which um, I didn't expect because I really thought he could easily come in and be Doomhead and we'd mm. all just expect him to be like, oh, yeah, he's been as badass as them. We just haven't seen it. But I like that he's kind of trying to catch up. And like in mm. the scene early on when they're torturing the warden's family, he's kind of like it's almost like his audition, like he's going really over the top in that scene mm. because he wants to like show off to Otis and be like, mm. look, I'm as crazy as you are. But it was it was the scene when he's kind of slit in her throat and like, yeah. Rich's performance in that scene was just kind of like, you know, Foxy was getting like more and more shocked with what he was doing, but then more and more into what he was doing as well. (laughs) And it was really his coming out of like as a psychopath and kind of like, you know, he, I don't think he knew he had it in him. Mm. And and then he was doing it and he realized he did because kind of like, you know, he obviously we had the scene with the hunt because I've completely forgotten about that when, until the rewatch. The 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 two kind of um, the husband and wife hunters that obviously yeah. Otis and um, Foxy bump into first, and kind of like obviously they they um, stop. Well, they 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 have Foxy at gunpoint, and then kind of Otis just comes in and like fucks them up, and mm. kind of. Um, he's playing it cool there with the kind of like when he's got, Oh, I got the fucking skull in my eye, but you can tell he's like a little bit like shit. Like I've got to step up like this, this guy, you know, is, is top level psychopath. Yeah. Like it was, it was, there was so many cool like moments like that, where like you say it was going into this, that was one of the things where it was like, we love him as an actor so much. We loved him in 31. Can he be in this world? Yeah, how do you fit into this? And it goes, and especially, we didn't even know as much when we first watched it, but obviously how late he joined this project Mm. and how he was a new addition and how he didn't get the most time to really flesh out Fox as a character and be like, right, who is he? How does he know these? Yada, yada, yada. You know, they really had to just like, do it on the spot and then learn throughout production. And yeah, it obviously shows his professionalism. What was it he said the first scene was? The first scene? They they, they struck Um, together. I'm not too sure. No, I'll... I think the last scene was when they were the, was the hunting scene. I think because um, mm. I think they said on I think he said on the commentary like he he felt a lot more comfortable at that point, and that was when he was really like you know knew yeah. the character inside out. Whereas early on, it was like okay, how do I fit into this world yeah. sort of thing. I think it was the the hotel scene when they're all like in the hotel and they're him and oh, it's playing cards maybe. Oh yeah, I might be wrong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I just, you know, so many things could have gone wrong with that performance and that character. Mm. And the fact that, you know, when we were told this was three from hell, we thought it was Spalding, who's one of the best characters in horror history. And for him to not be in this movie, but to have kind of, and have someone else come in, it could have been a train wreck. Mm. And like, it, it wasn't at all. And like, and that, 
you know, his character is so different to Spalding. He's not, you know, it, Foxy is not this horror icon. He's not going to, you know, he's not this poster boy of icon, you know, horror like, Doomhead. like Doomhead <laughs> or, or, or Spalding. Mm. You know, he is this, but, but it's this awesome character that I absolutely love. Like, mm. you know, and I think that's what was so good about it. They didn't try to do that. It's one of those lucky situations as well mm. where, like, I don't know who else could have done it. I really don't. And I think for no. Rob as well, like, he had already cast so many of his favorite actors in this movie. Uh, yes, and maybe weird. he could have shuffled things around. But it was like, I don't know what he would have done. I genuinely mm. don't know. Like, he's an amazing filmmaker. And obviously, he changes so much on the fly and yeah. does an amazing job with the writing. But other, if Richard Brake wasn't, you know an actor i don't know what he would have done with this movie it would have been i don't i don't understand how he wasn't already in the movie as well like it's it, it it's this perfect situation yeah. where like you know, it was, all, it like was almost like that you know uh, rob almost knew in the back of his head like yeah. you know he's obviously um close with with sid and um you know, maybe maybe somewhere subconsciously he kind of thought, you know, because the fact that he continued this movie after that news, you know, was surprising as well. And I, yeah. I just wonder if it was there and kind of, you know, he and when when the news eventually came, he kind of already had this plan B that was that was awesome. Yeah. But um, yeah. Obviously, another character as well was Dee Wallace's character, who mm. is obviously a major part of the first half of the movie again. Yeah. Um Again, love this so much. I, I expected her to just be a, a villain again, someone mm-hmm. who is kind of like the one that's talking shit to someone like Baby and have those interactions. But what we ended up getting was something really interesting. And, and it kind of then goes on to what comes with Pancho's character in the second half of the movie, um, which is like the fact that Baby has this ability to really make people become infatuated with her, mm-hmm. um, even though she is this crazy psychopath, and and especially someone who's in power, who kind of, you know, D. Wallace's character really kind of hates Baby, but also is kind of like in love with her and really yeah. doesn't want to see her either get killed or leave. You know, she likes being in control of her yeah. and being mean to her, but she kind of like really respects her in a way. And it's, I love well, that. she needs her. Yeah. You know, I think more than anything, it's just this need to be in charge of her. And it's like, you know. She probably um, wants to be baby in so many ways as well. Someone yeah, think, like that. Seeing yeah, that confidence. All that. So yeah. I just love that where, yeah, the, the kind of that moment when they're talking through the little slot in the uh, in the cell. Yeah. Um, and it's almost like this flirty back and forth, but they're not saying things that should be flirty. But you can kind no. of, again, great performance no, and, from and, D. And Baby's obviously playing it up, but yeah. Dean's character isn't. And But but you can see it in her eyes that she's kind of doubting herself. She's like, is Baby saying the truth right now? Yeah. Like, what's going on? It, it was a great performance. And to be honest, I thought Dee's character was going to be danny treo you know one day you know a little cameo and it was such a bigger performance than i expected Mm. let alone such a great awesome character that not not that i didn't think you know d would be a good character i just thought that i didn't think yeah thought it'd be given such a role and and be be such a part of this world you know and it was it was absolutely awesome yeah definitely it was it was such a shock how much he was in it um Mm. and yeah i I loved just the fact that it was we've seen baby pull that trick in the previous two movies but it's very much always young dumb men that fall for that trick like she instantly does to the guy that's um dressed up as a mexican family yeah exactly like she 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 instantly just just fools him because you know guys are dumb yeah she can do that 
all the time um yeah. whereas to see to see her pull not the same trick but like modify it slightly and then be able to do that to like a woman in power was like mm. really cool to see i thought yeah um because it was again a different style and, and again another side of baby that we haven't really seen before yeah definitely, definitely. um but yeah, obviously, I guess the the kind of the finale in Mexico. Um, yeah. Again, the first time watching it, I was just blown away watching it. Where I was like, "Why are we in Mexico? What's mm. going on? What are these characters going to do?" Um, the the only part of it that I thought dragged a little bit was the kind of night before the craziness kicked off. Um, which yeah, I always like. Same same as devils, really. Yeah, like I always like seeing them in their element and not just killing, you know. And you get to mm. see a bit of that character, but it was it was the scene when, and obviously I, I get why they showed it because they really need to show kind of baby skills. Um, well, because you no, know, she's throwing a knife, isn't she? She's not yeah. using the bow and arrow. Um, no. just that scene that was the only scene in the movie where I'm like that felt really predictable. Where it's like the one guy throws it, he's really far away. The next guy throws it, he's a little bit closer, and then oh, what do you I know? Baby has well, it. Just, and it just, shows, just, it just went on a bit too long. Manipulation again though yeah i like these guys were clearly better at throwing knives before baby yeah. showed up like they were they were hitting the the targets like as she walked into the scene and then the second she turns up they they just can't like focus fully and they just absolutely fuck it up yeah um but yeah, i do agree i mean when you know when we first watched this movie the only bit of disappointment i had was when we were in mexico for so long and so early yeah, and I didn't. I didn't want that. And but watching it a second time, it, you know, now I know it's there. And like it's, you know, like I said, I feel like it was necessary to have this kind of different finale than you know what we expected and what we got in the other movies. And that's that's what we got. That's what we got here. And then when they eventually got to that, and when the kind of, you know, <laughs> what, what do we want to call these guys, the masked. They're um, kind of like luchadors, really. Yeah, they weren't luchador yeah. masks, like lucha masks. Exactly. And they're kind of like, uh, you know, Mexican gangsters or whatever, cartel. Yeah. And they're just kind of in these masks. And obviously, like, all of our characters just taking them out. Like, Baby, obviously, with the bow and arrow was an interesting choice because it was one that kind of, you know, when when I when I saw it the first time, I was like, why the hell has she got this bow and arrow and this headdress <laughs> on? Like, what the hell's going on? But when you actually you know hear the um commentary or the making of when rob's like that's a sign of how nuts baby is that she just saw the headdress and the bow and arrow at the wardens and was like hell yeah and i'm just gonna carry yeah. along with me now and, <laughs> I, and i was like i love that like now i like i didn't see that when i've watched it and i'm glad i got that tidbit of him because like i appreciate that so much more now yeah because when i first watched it and she was doing all these bow and arrow kills i was like what is this is she like now like hitman like what's going yeah. on but like I thought it was brilliant, like watching it again and just seeing, like, yeah, she's a psychopath that's like skilled, and she's just she's just having fun. Like to her, she's like, "Well, I'm probably going to die anyway. I might as well take some people out of bow and arrows." But yeah, I, it shows that there's I never really seriousness, is there? Yeah. <laughs> it's not like it's always what is the my best chances of survival. That's yeah. not what's running through their head. Yeah. It's just like, well, let's just, well, it, let's it, just have in some particular, fun. baby. Like, yeah, she could have picked up a gun at any point, but she's like, "No, bow and arrow is good. Like, mm. I got this." <laughs> Yeah and and yeah I, th- I thought it was brilliant and obviously like how the finale played out when they're kind of y- you have this that you have them being captured and obviously Foxy gets shot and with, when Foxy got shot I was kind of like oh fuck I'm gonna kill Foxy yeah like that's that sucks I was like don't kill Foxy like you can't just give me this character that I really love and then walk off with just the two of them mm. um but I really thought this is called three from hell are they gonna do that and um so glad that they didn't and just gave you this kind of 
you know, win and and get the kill and kind of when the movie ended and obviously the three of them are in a car and they're driving off, I was like, I was honestly just so worried. I was like, what is what what the fuck is he gonna do? Yeah. Like, what is gonna happen here? And like it plays for so long and then it kind of drives off and we just get then the credits with the winding road and this awesome soundtrack. And the entire time I was sat there with you, I, I was scared to like talk to you. Mm. or like reference anything that's happened because I'm like what is Rob going to do and I love the fact that it's a tease the first time you watch it and then the, ultimately the kind of second and third time I've watched it I just let the credits play out and I just have this smile on my face and kind of listening to this song and just like hell yeah do you know what I mean yeah. but like that first time I was I was scared yeah it's such a cool kind of red heron it's a cool tease that you mm. think like oh are they going to do the same thing again and at this point we should know better because rob has proven in the in the entire movie that he's not here to just remake devil's rejects um yeah and so yeah when you get that ended it's like oh no this actually feels like because the finale the, the the first half of the movie is so quick yeah. then you get to mexico and the movie slows right down and then the ending happens and it's really quick again and so yeah. it's like okay what is actually going to happen because they kind of they kill him off they burn him alive and then the movie kind of ends with the car stuff and you are wondering if there is that one more moment mm. you know is there another character reveal or anything like that and so when it when you do realize no no, no that's the movie's over it, you need that moment to kind of decompress and be like okay they've survived this is now the end of you know i'm gonna say i'm pretty confident it's the end of this franchise yeah and so this is like the this is the final moment to these characters like just soak it in and enjoy it that they and have I this kind of like one last hurrah exactly and also i think that you know the the what if scenario that everyone was like oh what about if in, if in what if in devil's rejects they just drove off into mm. the sunset and that was it and like we've now got that what if moment like we got to see it and it, it's just awesome to like have these two endings that this movie does not downplay anything devil's rejects is as good as it was before yeah it's not something where they suddenly go oh yeah no that didn't happen that was a dream or no you know blah 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 and rewrite the rules um you know he kept it clean with the opening of this movie and then the ending just made me happy and and like for this is a trilogy now like where this ranks and where this sits is just like it, it, within horror franchises like i'm just so glad that we've got this modern horror masterpiece in my mind you know yeah. in, in my view oh god yeah um, this is my favorite horror trilogy by far i i love all three for such different reasons mm -hmm. i think that's what i love it about it so much we obviously touched upon it i, I think it was in our free from hell wasn't it mm -hmm. a discussion where obviously we have such a love for house and kind of reinvigorated us so much on the genre as a whole mm -hmm. and kind of experiencing that movie at the time and not knowing anything about what was going on with the movie and just watching it for a movie yeah. and all of that stuff and then obviously devil's rejects i think is easily still like in for me like a top three american horror movie of all time yeah um and just love it so so much and then obviously for this show this film the hype train all of that stuff getting to talk to richard about it everything is just so so positive and so all three movies have such like there's a different completely different yeah. reasons as to why well, and, I love they, and them they're all. tonally so different as well yeah you know rob rob made such a different movie with devils and then this movie had the biggest risk really of being the same you know we're we're wh whatever it was 12 years on and is he just going to make devil's rejects part two Mm. And like, and and to be honest, that's what most of the fans wanted. You know, when we were talking about things, it's pretty much you know we talked about the prison stuff and that, but but tonally, we we wanted Devil's Rejects Part Two. But this is such a different movie because of that dynamic of Foxy. 
Because mm. obviously, um, House is all about Otis and all about Baby becoming a psycho more than anything. And we don't know that Spalding is a psycho until the, the final frame of the movie. And even then, you, we're just get, you just get all the awesome scenes with him early yeah, on. Yeah, you, don't, you don't actually see him do anything. But mental. you don't know that he's part of the family. And even mm. with the final scene, you don't know that. Oh, he, he, you don't necessarily know that he knows that Otis is back there. Even do you? yeah, no. Um, and obviously, rejects is kind of his coming out party when he's kind of part of the gang, and you get the three of them, and and you have the dynamic of him being his father figure and you know, pissing off Otis and him messing around with Baby. And then obviously this one, we have the dynamic of Foxy. And so it's just kind of like each one has this fresh take on it. Yeah. Good times, man. Yeah, definitely. One last thing as well, that with the Mexico stuff, I the fact that I just didn't see any of that coming. Like we've discussed mm-hmm. it time and time again with the show that obviously there are certain movies like one that we'll get to at the end of the show that's coming out next week where, you know, you try and not look at too much, but, you know, mm-hmm. coverage, you already know that you're going to see it. Whereas this was a case of, we were looking at all the images. We did watch that first trailer. We kind of had a sense of, we knew that Sid wasn't going to be in it too much and that Foxy was going to be a lead. You know, we, we know yeah. that sort of stuff. We knew a lot going into this movie for a yeah. movie that we were extremely hyped for. We also knew a lot. And mm-hmm. so the fact that this movie did completely swerve us wasn't what we expected it pretty much in the slightest, to be honest with you, there mm-hmm. was obviously beats that i expected you know i knew they were going to be in a prison at some point but like i really didn't see this movie coming in terms of how quick the first half is and this complete change of direction um and that's what i love about it It was the first time it shocked me and i couldn't really enjoy it as much Mm. re-watching it again away from it all the second time loved this movie so much more and i'm so glad that rob did that and he kept it hidden as well and and in a world where you know it's not always the filmmaker's choice that's one of the great things about i guess indie stuff is that he probably did cut those trailers and did get to have a bit of a say at least in like international trailers and that sort of thing where oh we had a lot of a say i think yeah they don't just show you like has them laughing at a guy being burnt alive in a coffin you know because that that would happen in a lot of horror trailers these days yeah um so i'm so thankful that like vast majority of this movie wasn't spoiled for me definitely definitely but yeah it's a great movie man like i i just i i've seen the reception of it people seem to really dig it as well and mm. i hope that rob's fans like love it as much as we do yeah. and it seems like they do so i think so i think so because like you know our audience is very much uh seems to be a rob audience and yeah. you know the reception we've got off a lot of people that, that have been long-time listeners of the show they you know rob fans seem to dig it and this is a movie rob made for his fans yeah hundred percent um but yeah that was our discussion of free from hell uh we will take a short break and we'll be right back this is a richard break grab your fucking popcorn you're listening to super horror bros so yeah we do have some uh questions this week uh, of course you can always hit us up on twitter at shb pod or if you want to send us a longer email it's super horror bros podcast at gmail.com um the first one, uh, actually, we've got one from Joe here. It just says, no question, just admiration for a sublime movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you liked it, Joe, because I know you were very excited for it. Yeah. Um, so awesome to hear that you enjoyed it as much as we did. Um, next train up, delivered. Exactly. Um, next up, we have one from Matt, who says, hope you're well. Uh, with Halloween upon us, what's the best mm-hmm. thing you love to do on Halloween night? Um, and have a fantastic mm-hmm. Halloween. Um yeah, I mean, oh, I don't know about you. I don't really do much, to be honest with you. Like, obviously, the the kind of the usual is watch horror movies, but I do that anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, a lot of people, you know, normies, think, as it were, they like to watch horror movies, but we do that every day of the week anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what I do, like, I like to kick back and watch an old school horror movie. Yeah. You know? um, I kind of feel like this year, 
my lock is going to be the shining <laughs> uh, because you know it'll be a couple of days before doctor sleep mm. couldn't think of a better time to watch the shining but i like to watch like an old school gem you know because we watch so much new stuff yeah um that we don't always watch the old stuff and obviously this year i've probably done more than i ever have but um you know years gone by i'm i'm not watching a lot of old stuff so yeah i like to watch something old um for me, I think, um, you know, my dynamics changed a little bit recently and like, um, you know, having, having a little boy. And I think uh, I, I'm looking forward to actually trying to mess with some trick-or-treaters, trying to scare <laughs> them a bit. Yeah. You know, I've got some ideas, you know, got to bring, gotta bring the, uh, the PG horror, but get some scares out of them. Yeah. That's you've got to be become fun. like the angry old man at some point in your life so why not embrace it like well that's what i'm thinking you know <laughs> so, so i think i might go all out for that this year yeah like i've always really wanted to do the crazy you know dressing up for halloween and go to like some insane party like what you see in movies and that and i've only dressed up once for halloween um which was for pinhead uh which was very very fun and so i'd love to do something like that because like i say we just love so many different horror characters and there are so many fun ones to do um but it's effort, isn't it? At the end of the day, um, yeah. <laughs> especially when it happens on what is it a Thursday? It's like, nah. Yeah, there is, there is that. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks for that one, Matt. Uh, we do have an email this week as well from Sean, um, mm. who uh, yeah can continue. And the only person I know who sees more movies than us. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's impressive um so yeah he's got a few thoughts he uh was he really liked our rabid review because of course he is uh in the u.s and apparently they don't get it until december mm. um which is surprising really i'm actually shocked about that i don't know why we suddenly got that one early maybe no, it was to do with fright fest who, who goddamn knows maybe. because obviously what do you say it was like 101 films picked it up yeah yeah so is that a uk distributor i, I think so i mean i've got you know a few of their blu-rays now so I, I, it seems like a uk distributor but I'm, i wouldn't be certain on that yeah so i mean literally making it up but who knows they might have been at fright fest to looking for movies because they've um, they've put out a couple of things that like i've struggled to get hold of so yeah that, that i know have got us blu-rays yeah so they they didn't put the us yeah. version out so i think yeah it seems like they're a uk brand yeah fair enough um but yeah he said he liked our review he's a fan of the original as well so he is looking forward to it um and so, yeah, we'll, we'll hear his thoughts on that one in the future. Um, yeah, it's December for that one. And he said, as well as the, obviously, the Black Christmas remake. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. we, we, we've we been getting the trailers for this one now, which is always fun when we go to the cinema, because I don't like mm-hmm. watching trailers. Um, and this was one that I've heard is spoilery as well. Yeah, we well, see, I was down for this trailer because I've seen the original. Like, I love the original. I'm down oh, for I this love movie. The so, therefore, I was like, hell yeah, let's just watch the trailer. I know what this movie is about. But yeah. then when you kind of said to me, this is spoilery and there might be things that are different, I yeah. didn't watch it. Yeah, yeah I'm apparently gonna avoid it for the next couple of months. <laughs> yeah, apparently it's very different. Like I'm, I don't know. It's not, but, it's not one I'm excited for, but we'll we'll see. Um, I'm pretty excited for it. Like I love me a Christmas horror movie. Like, yeah, I really I do. do. Like um, I wish there was the apocalypse. I can't, I can't wait to watch that at Christmas. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I just always shove Krampus on. I love that. We got, movie. we got that, we got that Christmas Blu-ray, haven't we? We've got that confirmed. I think so. Like who knows? I haven't got it ordered though. So I, can't, I don't even know who's putting out you'll have to look it up yeah. but um yeah we'll, we'll talk about it in the coming weeks because there's a lot of blu-rays coming out recently um yeah he's, he's also talking about uh in search of darkness which we obviously talked mm. about last week and he made a good point here which i'm glad he mentioned um because we've discussed this i think off air or maybe we discussed it last year when we discussed it with the producers um but he says i was aware of this documentary but i'm not a backer uh, they want 60 dollars for a deluxe package with extra swag that i don't want um obviously the 80s are seminal for, for me so this documentary is very appealing however 
I'll wait for a basic Blu-ray release for less than $20 before purchase. Um, I really like great documentaries and I can't wait. Uh, and I can wait for them to be more consumer friendly before they buy them. Um, yeah, really good point. Cause I think we discussed mm-hmm. this at the time, uh, which was that we obviously was like interested in the movie at the time. Obviously we hadn't seen it at that point, but the, the back of tears were kind of, if you wanted they a Blu-ray, were pricey. Yeah. yeah, they were pricey and there was a lot of other stuff that you wouldn't want necessarily. Um, so yeah, I'm glad you make that point because yeah, that is a hundred percent like a correct assertion. And I'm sure at some point you were able to get it at a better price. Um, but yeah, the movie itself, absolutely worth watching for sure. Um, yeah, he, he's also seen The Lighthouse, which I am incredibly jealous about. Damn it. Um, <laughs> so lucky. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to spend too much time on it because obviously we'll get to see it at some point, but he liked it a lot, in fact, mm-hmm. um, which gets me very excited. And uh, yeah, he said that uh, you should look forward to it, <laughs> pretty much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll obviously uh, talk about that in are. the future. We are. Yes, I already am. Um, um, and yeah. He he did say about Countdown as well, which uh, I don't think we've discussed on the show, but um, maybe not. Yeah, obviously came out, and I do want to see this one because he had some interesting things to say yeah, about it. Had a good it. trailer as well, and like I've heard a couple of other positive things. Yeah, well, he he said that obviously it's a combination of tech horror and supernatural horror. Um, and he said that I know you guys like the tech horrors. This might be interesting for you. Um, and he did say about it being like obviously a PG thirteen horror, obviously in the US. Mm um so it doesn't have that r-rated violence that you may expect but he still quite enjoyed it um so this is one that i do want to see i don't know how long it's gonna be stick around in uk cinemas it might already no, already be finished so obviously we've got our next few weeks sorted um yeah. but it might be one that we can get on demand at some it's, point it's yeah. one that we've missed uh, potentially missed that i've been you know we haven't done one in a while that i did actually want to see that we've missed mm. so yeah. yeah but it's halloween man it's a good halloween we've got so much out yeah, I was going to say, like, this has been by far the most packed October, mm. not even mm. close to the last few years. Um, um, you're going to have to keep me brief on this one, but Sean did also <laughs> mention Terminator Dark Fate and that he <laughs> yeah. had some trepid, a bit of excitement for it. Mm. Uh, dude, if you haven't seen this movie already, s- save yourself. Do, do not watch it. Um, I will not go into it in detail, but Terminator is one of the most dear franchises to me outside of horror, and this movie broke my soul. It made me upset. <laughs> I couldn't sleep the night I got we got back from watching this. It's terrible, and stay away from it, man. Like, save yourself. Go see another awesome horror movie. Yeah, I completely agree. I'll keep I that short because I can't go into it anymore. I'm getting yeah. upset already. We we obviously love this franchise, and I, <laughs> to be honest, I wasn't excited for this movie just based upon the trailers. I thought it looked bad. It was so much worse than you could have possibly imagined without actually seeing it. And I implore people to not waste their money watching mm-hmm. it. Just watch it free when you can at some point if you have to, um, yeah. because it's just yeah, don't give it the money. It's an abomination from everything that's bad about modern action movies, where it's just the CGI fest when nothing matters but then the actual again we're not going to get into it but the story decisions that they make genuinely shit over the franchise worse than i've ever seen yeah and to the point where salvation was easily the worst terminator movie before this and salvation is a thousand times better than this movie in yeah. my opinion like it like genuinely say, has some I, interesting I genuinely stuff going get to sleep I, it, it bothered me that much yeah it is so <laughs> so bad and the one positive is the fact that linda but hamilton no. Uh, yeah. actually puts in a decent performance they yeah. bring her back for the first time ever and my god it's one of the biggest wastes 
of a returning a actor yeah. ever. <laughs> like yeah. this piece of shit movie is what they brought her back for with a talented director as well. Like this script yeah. is so bad. Let's move on. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, yeah, I just, I just wanted to give him that warning. It might be too late, but we tried. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'll see it because he sees everything. I um, know, but just save yourself, bro. Save yourself. <laughs> um, yeah, he did pick up some latest Arrow Blu-rays as well. I'm always Ooh. interested in what kind of does and doesn't yeah, come to comes out in the US. Because obviously some are day and date, which one of these is, the American Werewolf in London. Mm -hmm. um, and then he's also got the Ring box there, which I'm assuming only yeah. just came out because we got that earlier this year. Mm. Um, so two very nice pickups. Yeah, I know, obviously we both have the Ring box there. You're getting yeah. the, have you got the American Werewolf? I've got American, American Werewolf, yeah, I haven't checked it out yet. Um, nice. Uh, and I've got Nightbreed as well because I'm a psychopath. Haven't <laughs> um, I mean, you got like loads of Arrow stuff recently? Yeah, yeah. So obviously, Satanic Panic is meant to arrive this week. It is meant to have arrived already. Right. And then they had the October sale kind of thing going on <laughs> that sucked me in. So I got a couple there. But then obviously, yeah, the two big releases that they've just put out, I picked up both of them. Because um, American Werewolf in London, I adore. And mm. shockingly, I've never seen Nightbreed, even though I love me some Clive Barker. So yeah, same. Uh, I saw the trailer for it. I'm just like, this looks batshit crazy. I want to see it. So um, yeah, I'm we'll have to talk about both. that. Yeah, yeah. We'll and obviously, I haven't really looked into the box sets yet because I like to kind of do my deep dive as I watch the movie and kind of look through all the mm. swag I get. So I've just kind of left them on the shelf sealed until I kind of jump into them. Oh, yeah, it's always nice to read the little booklet like after you've seen it. Yeah, like, the exactly. Next day. It's cool. Exactly. It's a good time. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for that one, Sean. Should we, should we talk about some TV quickly before Price. we end the show? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> um, I thought we were done. Yeah, we obviously, uh, Creep Show has, has been and gone, unfortunately. Obviously, the first season on uh, on Shudder, the, the brand new uh, TV series based upon the movies. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, we talk about the first three. Let's dive in. Shall we just do a quick roundup of the kind of second half of the season? I don't yeah. know. If you, do you want to go in episode by episode or just overall thoughts, really, on the three? Yeah, well, I think um, maybe just a little little bit on them. Um, so I think so. Episode four um, was the companion, uh, which was kind of uh, uh, kind of I think he was called Harry. He he um, stumbles across a scarecrow, and kind of the scarecrow comes to life, and he's kind of uh, he's being chased, and the scarecrow ends up kind of he gets away from them and then ends up having kind of like this almost like home invasion cat and mouse with the scarecrow um is kind of the opening kind of part of that episode um mm. i think it was the first episode that i didn't i didn't hate the episode but i didn't overly enjoy it um it started to as we got towards the end of it it started to give more of an insight of the scarecrow and what the character was and ultimately i just didn't really care for it um but you know it, it it, it was entertaining. It just w was the first one where I was like, yeah, I wasn't fully into this. Yeah, I felt the way about both of these segments in this episode yeah. where it was like, it was a really cool, interesting setup. It kind of carried on for a little while and then kind of abrupt abruptly ended without any sort of conclusion and i thought both of them were fun and i mm. enjoyed watching them for 40 minutes for what it was worth but like neither of them massively stood out to me compared yeah. to any pretty much any of the stories of the previous three episodes yeah yeah because the second episode lydia lane's better half um lydia basically accidentally kills her lover slash co-worker i love the first in, scene I yeah and awesome. the first scene was amazing the setup when she kills her 
they're, they're kind of like in the office after hours and kind of she accidentally kills her. And I kind of thought it was going to be like a whole weekend at Bernie's thing of yeah. her trying to get the corpse out of the building. Well, there is but a lot of that. <laughs> it does it a bit, but then mm. it kind of like they get this bit where they're stuck in this elevator and then there's this, it lost me at that point. And mm. yeah, at the end of this episode, it was the first time where I kind of felt like the episode was a bit of a miss. Um, you know, it didn't, the, the fact that these episodes are 20 minutes, like the actual stories at each 20 yeah. minutes, it has to be pretty bad to kind of like offend me and make me feel like it was a waste of time. And like both yeah. were like, oh, okay, it was a cool concept. It just missed for me. I yeah. feel like both episodes could hit with other people. Yeah. Um, cause I was interested to see whether they hit with you or not. Um, yeah, I feel yeah. like I liked them a bit more, especially the yeah. the Lydia Lane's one because I did like yeah. it. It was I, just I, I agree like with you the 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 elevator stuff. I was like, mm. is this really where we're going to end this? Like, I was expecting the next level, you know, of like mm. where does the body go from there? Let's get outside of this building, and it never got to that point. Yeah. But like up until that moment, I was yeah. really down for all of the interactions that happened. And I yeah. did like it more than the the first part of the episode. For what Definitely. It's worth. And then um, yeah, episode five kind of uh, begins with Night of the Poor uh which is kind of like this um she, you don't really know who she is initially do you she's running from no. the police and she gets involved into a car accident and kind of takes refuge in a funeral home and the mortician kind of helps her recover and then basically kind of reveals that he has this monkey paw uh that can grant three wishes um and you yeah you know as all morticians have <laughs> that's what i heard um and um yeah this one straight away was kind of like the the last two episodes didn't really get me in from the start um the lydia lane one didn't really get me in from the start um but this one i was in with the performances and it was just kind of like this what i loved about creep show is like you're just watching it like what the fuck is going on like where are they going to go with this and like Mm. um ultimately by the end of the episode it was kind of one of those ones where it was a bit of a quick gag and a quick like finale. Um, but it's, but, but the journey was fun and like, it was a fun 20 minutes where I got like, you know, it wasn't the greatest payoff, but, but I still had a fun 20 minutes. Yeah. This to me was like the most, like a tales from the crypt episode mm. more than anything where yeah. well, that, that is such a wacky setup of like, yeah. This doctor helps you and now it can grant free wishes. And so that was kind of cool. And I agree with you, like performances were excellent in this yeah. one. It was easily one of the best of, of any of the episodes yeah. so far. Um, the one thing that was odd, and this is uh, true of all six now having seen them, this is the only one where the time isn't really split up 50-50 between mm, the two stories. Weird, isn't it? This, this first one was about 32 minutes or something along those lines, or maybe even yeah. like 28. And then the second yeah, one was around about... 20s was about 14 so it really was like twice as long as the next one and it felt Mm. it um not necessarily that this one felt long but the next one felt hella short to the point where i was like it almost had no time to set up any story really it was kind of like here are these characters and then here's a cool violent scene at the end that's yeah this this one was really weird uh was it times is tough in musky holler yeah Um, i couldn't tell you like what the actual intricacies of the story were (laughs) at all really basically like uh, zombies stuck in like a bunky a bunker or something (sighs) were they i don't well it was like it was like it was basically basically like a prison town has been able to like save itself from a zombie apocalypse and as part of it they've made like a game out of like yeah anyone that doesn't follow with their rules and then they've they've turned on the initial kind of 
keepers of the keys, the the people that kind of governed them originally. Yeah. Um, so this is the one that kind of like because obviously one of the names that was thrown about when this when this was announced was David Arquette. <laughs> yeah. And I was waiting for him to turn up because I'm you know obviously a giant Scream fan. And kind of <laughs> want you know want to see some David Arquette. Does and, a giant um, Scream fan equal a giant David Arquette fan? No. I mean, I liked him in WCW. <laughs> Former um, heavyweight champion. <laughs> um, but, you know, he, he's not in this goddamn episode. He no. stuck his head through a hole for 10 seconds and called it called it a day. Yeah, but, they yeah, definitely this, had this him for just, 20 minutes. Yeah, this was a weird episode. Like, it, I, it was fun, but it was just so short. I can't really judge it. Like, I don't mm. know what the hell I just watched for 10 minutes. But it, like you say, it was just this funny little setup where you got a gruesome scene at the end. And I was like, okay, cool like okay episode over like it, yeah. I, i'll never give it another thought this is the one on paper where i kind of like the idea of going against the grain and not always having them 50 50 time wise because it does yeah. keep you a bit on your toes you don't expect it having said that now in hindsight and obviously the actual execution of overall it, yeah um it completely failed because yeah. i think this was the worst episode out of the six for me um be- because of the fact that yeah you have this really long drawn out one that's cool and again very well acted but not much really happens and then i agree with you this last 10 minutes i almost felt like i was just watching like a trailer for something yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it was just over it so felt, quick it felt like a, you know the grindhouse trailers back in the day didn't it yeah like here's an but, extended look at next week's yeah. episode oh no that yeah. was the episode like it was it was weird. it was it was weird um but yeah then the finale mm. um so we we get we first get skin crawlers um which it had such a fantastic opening. I love yes. the kind of transition from the comic straight into this um, advert for mm. weight loss. And I, I instantly I was like, yes, I'm, I'm sold. Like I'm completely sold on this episode. I love this idea and I know they're going to do some crazy shit with it. And mm. um, th- they do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, um I don't think I need to go into too much spoilers. Kind of a doctor discovers this radical weight loss and kind of basically our lead character um uh kind of has trepidation is unsure whether to go for it and and um ultimately makes a wise choice. Yeah, I I love this segment. Um yeah. I wanted it more fun. of it. Yeah. Which is obviously the the best thing that you can have from these, where th- there is a few small story ideas where they could have easily extrapolated on it and made this a lot mm-hmm. longer into, into maybe like an hour type thing. Um, yeah, but overall, yeah, this, this like, could have been a longer episode because it, it was so much fun and like it was just funny seeing like these characters and then kind of like them losing this weight and then seeing the same character again. Yeah, there was um, some hilarious like prosthetics that they. Yeah, used. exactly, and then like. Um, it, it reminded me a lot of the VHS segment, the XXL segment, like right. just kind of like in tone and obviously kind of like. Oh, you mean what the ABCs one? Yeah, yeah. What did I say? Yeah. VHS. Oh, sorry, ABCs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was like that. Yeah. Yeah, just in tone. Obviously, like the the the, the concept. Obviously, it's to do with weight, but it's a very different take. But mm. it was just kind of like this this crazy idea that that should not have worked, but worked so well. And like this is the same. And yeah, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. It had a bit of everything. It really felt mm. a bit like Black Mirror-esque with its setup as well. Yeah. Um, but it was still very much like Creep Show's take on this type of story. Yeah. It had some good social commentary in there as well. Like, yeah, I, I really like this segment a lot. Um, it got me very excited for the last one as well, because going in, this was the one that I kind of knew about who was directing it and wrote the story. And I was very excited for it. Okay, so I don't know none of that. Who, who directed this one? So Tom Savini directed the final oh, segment. really? Um, okay. And it's based upon a short story by Joe Hill. Right, brilliant, awesome! I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
And obviously they left, kept it till last as well. So I was like, my excitement was through yeah. the roof. <laughs> so yeah, um, this is by the silver water of Lake Champion, Champlin, something like yeah. that, isn't it? Or Champlin, yeah. Champ, or is it just Champ? Oh, is it Champlin? All right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't have the title in front of me. <laughs> I was trying to remember. Isn't he called Champy, I think, is like He's the... called Champy, yes. Yeah, so that's why I was yeah. like, shit, what is this? Is it Lake <laughs> Champy? Is it Lake Champ? <laughs> Lake Champlin. Um, yeah. And basically, it's kind of like a take on a Loch Ness Monster. Yeah. Um, where Rose, I think she's called, um, has um, basically her father has died in the pursuit of champy and i.e the Loch Ness monster and um she, now with her father gone she's got this stepdad that's this absolute piece of shit that just is horrible to them and she's kind of taking her dad's torch on and is trying to now discover him herself and uh believes that she has discovered him i guess like i'll mm. leave it there and kind yeah. of it's all about that and kind of the you know this whole Loch Ness monstery thing um mm. And yeah, I like knowing now that Tom Savini directed it, it makes sense because obviously we get this fun creature creation that's just mm. kind of like it, it just kind of had a smile on my face. I just enjoyed like it's in your face and you, you get it. And like it was a uh, it, it was just a fun little segment. Like it's not this, you know, what this what the season what the season's done so well for me is it just gives me fun things. And like they're not these big messages or anything like that. It was just like, this was just a fun Loch Ness Monster segment. And it's exactly yeah. what I want from my horror anthologies. Just this fun little thing that I just kind of had a smile on my face and had a great 20 minutes. Yeah, definitely. You could tell that it was written by someone good as well, because like th this did have memorable characters. Like yeah. I will remember the daughter character, the kind of the father that they kept discussing, the kind of the abusive guy as well. Like all of that stuff was was very much like a lot of the episodes. You remember the effects or, you know, like a twist or something, whereas yeah. this was like, oh, these are really grounded characters. And he is telling the cool story here. And yeah, I really like this one as well. It, again, left me wanting more. Um, it was a weird way to end the season because it was yeah. a slower episode. I almost think mm. it would have done better to, to reverse these two in this episode and have this one first and then skin crawler second. Yeah. I, um, I was surprised tonally to have this last and obviously not knowing what you knew about the people behind it. It makes more sense. Um, yeah, definitely. yeah, I think, I think tonally this one probably shouldn't have been the last one, but, um, yeah, you know, it's Ooh, difficult because it, it might be yeah. the most the, the best made one of all mm. of them but it's not the most kind of like bombastic and loud and exciting yeah exactly segment. you kind of want like an exclamation point um yeah but but yes yeah, so, i mean the season as a whole like fucking knocked it out of the park didn't they yeah this was so much better than i expected <laughs> seriously i think the, the first episode and the last episode in particular were both incredible and then like the middle of the season like those two and three were great i think four and five slowed down um yeah. with five obviously being a, a low point but like overall man this was a great great season and obviously 12 segments like i didn't hate any of the segments no. um no you know, I, I would say we probably had was... eight really solid ones and yeah four that we were like middling on but none that offended me yeah, exactly. Which is like, we talk about anthologies all the time, yeah. where there are ones where you're like, oh man, this is kind of cool. Oh, this one sucks so bad. And, yeah. and you, I didn't get that hair at all. No, um, it, was, which, it was proper solid. Yeah, which is a real credit to them. And obviously, and this is like a first season for them. And we haven't mm. really, this is kind of new for Shudder, obviously, like producing mm. these new content. And so, yeah, this is a great first step. And obviously, they've already announced that they're doing more of this, which is mm. wonderful news. Like, hopefully, we'll yeah. get this again next October because I can't yeah. wait. I want them to work a bit more on the wraparound because it was it was yeah. odd with the, the um, what is he called? The 
Keeper. No, hang on, that's tough. <laughs> Creeper? Creeper? Creeper, yeah. Creeper. Um, you know, one minute he's uh, cartoon, the next minute he's, um, he's actually there, live yeah. action and kind of he's a mute, but obviously you get the comic book scripts where he's, mm. he's actually a talking character. Yeah. If he's a talking character, do he, does he become too much like the Crypt Keeper? Um, but I just, you know, they, they, have to, they have to figure out that style. Like I yeah. want him to talk. I want yeah. him to be more like the Crypt Keeper. Um, or I want him to be no live action and just a little comic book reel at the start of him giggling away and then just get into it. Cause the comic book stuff was what made this special for me mm. and made it feel like such a cohesive thing where you just have this cool, you know, you, the, the, the magazine opens, you get these weird adverts for things and just kind of these cool little previews. And it was just, it, that, it just so much care went into that and it made it feel like such a big production. Um, and yeah, I think like they need to just figure out what they do with the creeper to make it more of a wraparound thing. You know, is he going to be a host or should he just be a, a cartoon at the front of the comic book? You know, he needs to be one or the other and he was not either in this season. Yeah, I agree with you. I like that there's a clearness to when you see the comic book, you know that's the wraparound because yeah. obviously we've discussed like even like Nightmare Cinema earlier this year where because it's all live action, there are times where you're like, wait, oh, okay, so this is this is how this story is being mm. told. Like it was unclear, whereas with this, it's like there's the comic book and obviously then when you get the live action Creeper, it's very much like, oh, wait, has the has the segment appeared now? Like is he in mm. the segment? Because obviously sometimes that happened in, in, um, in Tales from the Yeah, Crypt. it happened in like Skin Crawlers, didn't it, in this episode, in the beginning of that episode didn't it oh was did it, skin it? Crawlers? yeah when he was kind of like uh, was it skin crawlers was he it like a mess the... with something from the episode or yeah something? it was one of the episodes anyway so that's where, exactly where the episode, what where the well. episode opened and i was like hang on we're not gonna have the crypt keeper stuff and then the crypt keeper turned up then we got the comic books then the episode started i thought it was skin crawlers but it might have been episode five because i watched them both really recently um, yeah but yeah it, but yeah, the, you know, I can't wait for season two. Like I say, I hope it's a Halloween thing. Yeah, me too. Like I think they would, they will be able to do that. But mm. um, yeah, really delivered. Like you say, I think that with TV this year, it's been a weird one. We've discussed a lot, and I think there has been some good stuff. There's also mm. been a lot of stuff that's been slightly disappointing. Um, and a show like this wasn't kind of, especially with obviously the the bloody um critter stuff earlier this year. Yeah, I didn't have the highest hopes because I knew that they don't have the an insane budget. But like, yeah, with such a little budget, mm. clearly the talent involved has has risen them above that, as we've discussed with the movie that we just discussed as well. That it just yeah. goes to show you that like great talent yeah. film. Wins. yeah exactly 100 percent of the time um but yeah great season really enjoyed it would thoroughly recommend it to anyone who obviously yeah. either loved the original back in the day or or oh, think, doesn't really have a love you for know it. i think it's become a you know it's a it's a must recommend for us for horror in tv for this mm. year because i think it has been a little bit weak we will be talking about some other good stuff soon but yeah. um you know stranger things aside up until october we hadn't had a lot had we no. Um, and I also think it's become a really good reason to subscribe to Shudder. Mm. You know, it's a proper differentiator. You know, they are getting, you know, um, good old stuff. They're getting original. Uh, they're getting movies quick. Obviously, you said about Three from Hell and that sort of thing. But um, to actually have this original content on there as well and something this strong, it really does start to, you know, make it a service that's worth subscribing to oh yeah and that's going to be the hardest avenue for the, them to compete obviously is like not just the pickups but yeah the original content um mm. 
on especially on a tv front and so yeah like this is a massive step forward for obviously someone who is obviously not as big as netflix or anything like that but yeah the fact that they can say like you know what we're going to bring back a cool old pm we're going to get like loads of these legends of the genre to kind of work within it and, and give new filmmakers a chance as well like yeah this is a massive step forward for them i think mm-hmm. for the service and i long long may this continue you know i want to see more stuff like this not just creep show but i'm sure they have other ideas for different tv Definitely. shows and films so yeah it's a great sign it's a great time to be a horror fan for sure um Indeed. but yeah that's that's it for this week obviously uh next week it's gonna be a fun one um <sighs> I'm ready. Little movie, probably the last. Really, it's it's a shame because I'm I'm hoping there's going to be other stuff, but it really does feel like the last big, big, big film of 2019 for us. Mm. Um, kind of like when we set out at the start of the year, there was like so many with like it chapter two and glass and us and free from hell, and and we've seen all of those now, but there is still that one on the horizon, and it is Doctor Sleep, which is mere day yeah. away at this point. Um, what are your hype levels like for this one right now? off the charts man off the charts like buzzing so much the trailer is so hype i can't wait for you to see the trailer like the proper theatrical trailer once we're done um Mm. because it's the most hype trailer i've seen in the cinema since yeah you know it chapter two that first one for that you know it's it's on par with that Mm. um and yeah i just i just can't wait to see it like it the, the casting they've got the way this movie looks obviously the director they got behind it and then i i fucking love this book so man i'm ready yeah my, my hype levels are like unbearable levels right now mm. um w- with this and both death stranding just around the corner i'm at that point where it's like yeah i want un- i want a cartman yeah it's uncomfortable because like they're both so close and i've done so well to put them away that i genuinely can't stop thinking about both of them um and thank god that they're just around the corner because i haven't been able to enjoy anything really (laughs) like i'm just waiting for these two things to happen Um, i'm watching puppet master movies to get me through (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna say that's the way to do it don't waste your time on anything good (laughs) yeah oh dear Thank God. I, I, I can't believe you borrow, still bro, managed you to find a way to bring up Puppet Master. <laughs> when you've goddamn finished talking about these bloody movies. Oh, dear. If there's, if there's any way to end the show, that's it. I really gentlemen. don't want to be known for that. Like, that's like... your thing. <laughs> God damn it. Um, but yeah, that was episode 168, where we spoiled the hell out of Free From Hell. Uh, thanks for listening, as always. And we'll see you again very soon. See you later, everyone. Shut up, I can't Mainly because I never could And how could I start that?